Hello everyone, good afternoon and welcome to MJAC Conversations. Um, I'm your host Tristan Norton and I'll be stepping in for Rachel today as she is on a family vacation and we are excited that she got to take some time to step away and have some fun with her uh, with her family. Um, this week we're going to be talking about summer plans, sanctification, healing and what those two things look like in our lives today. And the reason why we want to talk about these things and have these conversations every week is because we would hope that they will spark conversations within your groups and within your families as to what is going on in your lives behind these topics. So after that brief introduction, I am sitting here today with uh, Jeremy Zacharias and Paul Reimer, um, two of the guys that preached the last two weeks. And I have known both these gentlemen for... uh, quite some time. It seems that they keep following me, and we're going to stick with that narrative <laughs> oh, wherever I go. But yeah, um, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing yeah. fantastic, yeah. Enjoying the warmer weather? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to actually get out and get around. Um, I had a couple real busy weeks these last couple weeks, so to have that done and to be able to actually just enjoy life is, is nice now. Nice. Yeah. How's homework going for you, Paul? Going well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just finishing up uh, my uh, teaching and learning class where um, I'll actually get to inter- uh, interview my, my mom in her school. Uh, so nice. that'll, be, that'll be really uh, fruitful, I think. And um, then I just got some uh, one counseling course left in the, in the summer and one leadership course next year. And I'm done. So. Remind me if I'm correct. This is the first time you're on the podcast, right? Correct. Okay. Why don't you tell our listeners exactly what you're doing here in Moose Jaw and Karenboard? Because they know me and Jeremy, so maybe <laughs> oh. they should. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so for those who I don't know, um, hi, my name's Paul. <laughs> um, sorry you don't uh, you don't get to see my face. Maybe that's fortunate. I don't know. who. <laughs> but uh, no any, anyways... <laughs> Um, like the other three men in this room, I've got a beard. Uh, I'm here in Moose Jaw. Uh, been here for quite a few years. I studied at the undergrad uh, at Briarcrest, and I'm currently serving as a military chaplain um, with the within the Canadian Armed Forces. Um, if you know Brad Verhayen, uh, Brad and myself are on the same journey together. So we are both interns here at the church. Um, as far as I know, that's, that's our, our label uh, that we're given. And uh, yeah, we just we get to serve the, the community in this church for, for the next two to three years and, and kind of gain some pastoral experience before we're going to be overlooking a, a Canadian Armed Forces base. And so we've done uh, or have continued to do our MDiv at Briarcrest, and uh, I'm just starting my two-year internship with the church, and so looking forward to that, looking forward to uh, meeting Kirk Kalman, who's coming in, um, and, and Brian and, and Jeremy and myself have been dialoguing about kind of what internship looks like, and so nice. it's just, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity to, uh, not that I'm so great, but I think it's a great opportunity for, <laughs> for the church to get two military um, men that are, are fully paid and that get to come and serve the church nice. um, and just 
say, hey, we're learners. We, we want to be engaged and we want to learn. I'm so. excited for that. <laughs> so we're stuck with you for two more years. <laughs> Absolutely. And as you can tell, I, I do rant. So <laughs> please just stop me when you need. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we're not too worried about that. We're no. glad to have both you and Brad here. And especially you because I've seen you through camp and growing up. And it's really good to be able to work alongside you. And mm-hmm. it's good to have this conversation here with both of you today, seeing that you guys have been a part of my life for, for quite some time. So that's good. Um, what do you guys got planned for the summer besides homework? And don't tell me that's all you're going to do for yeah, the summer. Yeah, no. I'm, this is actually the first summer I don't have a lot of homework or extra stuff to do. Um, so, like, this last – actually – two-month period has been really busy with a lot of school and and a lot of other stuff. So all of a sudden I find myself, now I finally get to experience the COVID that I've heard about from other people (laughs) of of being at home with with your wife and kids. Because up until now, I've actually had more on my plate thanks to COVID. So now I finally actually get to take a breath, maybe do some fishing with the kids, you know, do some rollerblading around town. Um, Trevor's really excited about that fishing comment. <laughs> I know, I know. We've, we've been talking already, so it, just to be able to just enjoy life a little bit now with this summer, that I'm looking forward to that big time. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Paul? Yeah, um, <laughs> I can uh, see see parts of Jeremy's uh, experience of COVID resonate in my life as well. Of um, you know as. My base is stationed up in Saskatoon, so most of the things have just had to be online or through a phone call. So now that uh, you know all the military is going home, there's a lot of checkups, and literally nothing has changed for me because I'm just staying <laughs> home anyways, uh, and, and I have to just do studies there. And so there's been uh, it's been really encouraging because I've seen lots of ministries you know reach out and just say, hey, like, can you help us with this? Can you help us yeah. with that? And sometimes maybe I say yes to too many things, mm. but um, it's it's been heavy for sure. There's been some late nights, um, but it's been really good. Nice, uh, yeah, and I. We're having my birthday this weekend, and I'm doing a bunch of yard work to make sure that, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's just, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I, I want to put in a new fence before this, this nice. weekend, but that's a lot of work, so pray and hope we'll just make it as far as we do, so. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like you guys got some pretty good plans for the summer. I know we um, put in some flowers a couple Ooh. weekends ago, yeah. so I've been making sure they don't die. Which is very hard for me. Corey's the green thumb, so her her plants were thriving. She yeah. did all the vegetables, but I decided to do the flowers, and mm. I may have bit off a little bit more than I could chew. But not that you're a, comparing or anything, right? I mean, if we're comparing. <laughs> I'm losing real bad. <laughs> but yeah, and then I think we're heading home. Well, going to Manitoba mm. on Saturday or late Friday night, just to visit family mm. and stuff. Now that we can go visit and not have to self-quarantine for two weeks so that'll be fun just to see um see the parents see my brother and just hang out there so Thanks. yeah so now that we got those pleasantries out of the way um <laughs> both of you have shared two pretty sweet sermons the last couple of weeks and i know it was a little hard to 
try and bring back notes from Jeremy's because it was two weeks ago. And it was just so good. Right? It, was, <laughs> it was very good. I couldn't pick an exact thing to talk yeah. about. Yeah, your Chuck email, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna spend some time this afternoon just talking about both those sermons and like how it impacted each of you and just how they kind of fit together a little bit. So um, we're gonna go with you know age maturity first. Um, so Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> how how was it preparing Age, yes. for <laughs> how was it preparing for yours and tell the audience exactly what you talked about so it was it was difficult um I don't know a sermon I haven't been able to say that though to be honest um but um how how do I un- unpack this though in a way for you, for you to be able to hear um, we've been talking about this whole series. We don't want it just to be about theology and stop there, right? Like last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago, you, you were talking with Carly about prayer is a great way to begin, but not to end uh, when we want to take action. And theology is a great place to begin understanding some of these stuff, but a very poor place to end. Um, and especially when we're talking about family values, how does this look like in our lives? How do we see this embodied uh, in our own experience? And for me, part of the difficulty these last few weeks has been um, working at a few spaces in my life that have been problem areas for a while. Uh, a few relationships that need some some mending and some healing. And And I mentioned one of those... Uh, those relationships in in my sermon about an old uh, college friend and and I changed a few details to protect um, identity um, I've learned to to do a little bit of that in in my sermons unless I have full permission um, and that was a really hard one to talk about and to wrestle with as I was preparing for this message so um, never mind the fact that sanctification is this really big ugly church word that we we don't use we don't know what it means and even when we think we know what it means we we usually still don't myself included so how do we unpack that in relevant ways that makes sense but how do i talk about this in ways where it intersects with my life Mm -hmm. that makes sense and and this is drawing out some really personal some really emotional spaces that um, is always challenging to go into. Yeah, that's true. I know um, you and I had a, a little bit of a conversation before we even spoke about like what sanctification really means. Is it like a, a once-in-a-lifetime thing or is yeah. a whole process of like an ongoing process of sanctification? And I feel like that's one of the things that we, we shy away from talking. Like no one ever really wants to like pick a side. Yeah. Where in fact I'm like, is either side wrong? Like... Well, in our experience growing up, or at least for me, is you've got Jesus. Now, life should be perfect, right? What more do you need? And, and we've got this plaque on our, on our church wall here. This is one of our core values is that we're all on messy faith adventure. Uh, and a lot of times, contexts I've been in will accept you as long as you look polished and clean. But the second you start to look messy, you're out the door. Well, the reality is my life is messy. Mm-hmm. The reality is I've made progress and I've not made progress mm-hmm. at various areas. 
sometimes simultaneously. What does that look like when life actually is messy, a lot messier than I thought it was going to be, Jesus included? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So if Jesus really is my sanctifier and my life really is messy, are those two things at war with each other? Or or where do they actually meet? Um, Those are big questions that we actually need to think about and and wrestle with, I think. And what's your take on it, Paul, the whole sanctification yeah, I, um, I personally don't think that it's a, a one and done kind of deal. Uh, absolutely, you know, uh, Colossians talks about, and, and Simpson wrestled with this, of, you know, Jesus is, is in you. Um, but becoming more like Christ and realizing that, that you know, we're, we're in a fallen world. Uh, we have mm-hmm. temptations. We... Um, Christ was perfect, and and uh, the reality is is that that we aren't. Um, Christ is the one that makes us perfect. As one of our core values, you know, Jesus is the one who changes lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nothing that that, that we do, um, but that we need to continually strive. Uh, I shared a little bit, yeah, in my message that you know from the blind man being healed, he he felt. It just says he followed after him. That's so many of the stories with Jesus is that they just they were compelled to follow after him. Yeah. They didn't just walk away and say, oh, now I have all the values that Jesus has or now yeah. I have all the thoughts that Jesus has. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. continually strove after him. So I love that um, you know, analogy that um, you gave that you know, being saved is Jesus bringing us to the starting line and yeah. then sanctification is us running that race because... Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a long distance run. It's not a hundred meter dash. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Anyone so. can look good for a hundred meters. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it's, well, it's, it's a, okay, okay. But is that sustained, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I, I like the idea of sanctification happening, but it's ongoing. Cause I mm. think if we say it's happened and it's done, it's taking away from our responsibility of actually trying to be better. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm sanctified. Well, I guess I'm good then. Right. And yeah. people take, like, don't try as hard. Or they're not living out what it means to be a Christian and have Christ walking with you yeah. every step of the way through a messy life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what sanctification is about. Like, knowing that we're not all perfect and we won't ever be perfect until the end. And yeah. Jesus makes us perfect, but we have to keep living, striving to be better. Mm. Well, it's it's a posture difference, right? And And it's... It's something that is subtle but meaningful. When we take a posture, we talked in an earlier podcast about a posture as the expert, that we've arrived. We yeah. have everything we need versus mm-hmm. a lead learner. Um, what does that posture change in our lives? Um, and it, it actually changes a lot for us, too, as the person. When we think we've arrived, we're putting a limit on what we can learn, on what God can teach us yet, on the spaces he can move us into Whereas when we say, you know what, God, I think there's more for you to give me and there's more for me to live into. What is that? And to have a posture of learning about that, mm-hmm. it unlocks so much more. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, it was it's a pretty great sermon. <laughs> like, like I always tell you, I always try and take notes to keep track. And I'm just like, oh, there's just too much here. I'm just going <laughs> to talk to him in person. So. Well, and, and again, to take you behind the scenes... Um, most of the times my sermon process, um, I've learned, I, I always wanted in the beginnings to script everything out 
and I've I've learned I can't do that Mm-mm. because when I script it out, I script out God, I script out Jesus for the yeah, most yeah. part, the Holy Spirit, uh, what you know, whatever term you want to use. Um, as if I can do it in my own strength, as if I can preach this sermon on my own strength, as if I can embody it in my own strength, and that is false. And so for me, um, what my sermons actually look like a lot of times, I know what I want to say. I've got my outline. I know where I want to go. But that morning, I was writing down notes mm. Sunday morning as Trevor's leading worship. And I'm like, okay, oh, I need to go here. I need to go to Galatians 2.20. I need to go here. Um, and so I didn't have my sermon actually nailed down as well as I would like to. So a lot of stuff that I was saying was just as it was coming to me on yep. a Sunday morning. And that's scary for me because I'm a perfectionist. I like to know where, where I'm going. I like to know an illusion of control. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how awesome the spirit works in those in those spaces where we're just like, I'm going to say this and he's just like, ah, no, no, yeah. you're not. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're going to say. And, yeah, I think you did a great job by listening and then just speaking Thank from you. from what he had to say to you that morning. Mr. Reimer, how yes. how was your week planning for for talking about healing? Uh yeah, you know, it, it uh going to be honest, it was difficult in the sense that well, couple in a couple of ways, but this is the first topical sermon I've ever given. Um this is also, one of the first sermons that I've given that I haven't been able to find a whole lot of um, helpful commentaries on. Uh, a lot of the passages that I wanted to, to speak on, and I mean, there's, there is so many, but mm-hmm. the commentators was what I found. Um, usually like to talk about the other details, but not the shaping and forming that the healing would actually do, but just that, oh, like Jesus was on his way out of Jericho. By the way, Jericho is this, and then yeah, yeah. they just go off. And it's, and so I felt a little, um, in some ways, uh, a little bit returning to God a whole lot and just saying, Lord, please, please guide me for some, uh, some words to say, because, um, you know, there's a whole lot that I think you, you want to say in healing that I know I didn't cover. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I want these to be your words and the, the living and dead guys that I really respect um, don't have a lot to say on it either. And so I, yeah, I just, I really wanted to, to make sure that, that my first topical sermon wasn't... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, me getting up there and just saying, have a good day, guys. <laughs> yeah. so. Like in your research, like, why do you think it is that way that a lot of people in different church realms, whether they have been theologians of past or new guys, just don't have a whole lot to say mm-hmm. on healing? Like, Were you going to speak? You, like, you can. I can speak, okay. Um, <laughs> so I think... I think it's it's a really difficult question to answer because um, if I may share, like our, our founder A.B. Simpson would, he doesn't say that physicians are bad, but that if you don't have enough faith, go to a physician. And I mean, I I know at different points in his life he he 
move back and forth on, on, on some of the thoughts that he had on, on healing and other aspects of, of theology. But um, it's hard when we wrestle, it's hard to wrestle with the text when we see healing doesn't happen because the gospel writers write about so many times when it does. And they write about in their own lives when it does. And, and I'm curious, uh, were, were there times when it didn't or were there times that they said be healed and, and then they just left and they just trusted that, that God would heal. But maybe that wasn't a space where healing was, was needed for that person. And I think Simpson and some other theologians, they wrestle with this and they don't want to publish it in a commentary because it's, it doesn't have a pastoral or caring heart in some ways when we, when we write it like that. Um, but it's coming from a place of, of wrestling with theology and wrestling with, you know, Jesus calls us to care for people. Um, and to, how to articulate that, I am I will be honest, I struggle with, and you, as you can probably tell right now, I'm struggling with it right now, yeah. trying to put it into words. But um, Well, I think there's something, too, I think you touched on it, Paul, is a lot of times we like to take these things and make them uh, prescriptive. Mm. That if I do A, B, and C the way that Jesus did A, B, and C, I'll be healed. Mm. And then I can control the healing and, and I can control God. And it's, it's fascinating as, as we were talking even beforehand, all the healing stories and you're right, there is a boatload of them um, in the old Testament and in the new Testament, but they almost always look different. Even mm. when Jesus heals blind men for the second time, it's different Absolutely. than the first time. Lepers for the second time, it's different than the first time. And the third time, right? It's, it's always different. And I, I wonder if part of it is because it's not supposed to be prescriptive as I do A, B, and C, I get this, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not about controlling God, but it's about a God who longs to break into our world in the big and the small, and he longs to bring healing and restoration on the big level, cosmically, but also on the personal level, on the cellular level, mm, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that preaches, but it has wide-ranging implications. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I can't control what God's going to do any given day in my situation compared to your situation because it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to write about in that sense, especially when we want to control God, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the other, the other part that is, is hard with healing. Um, that I think Simpson gives some, some helpful insight, but is that uh, I think Simpson has, has a view from the way I've read him that sanctification is you know, a more of an ultimate goal. Um, than healing is in, in the sense that, you know, Matthew 10, uh, 28 of, you know, it care more about who can affect the soul than who can affect the body, mm. essentially, right? Mm, it's yeah. us being healed right now. We're not going to live forever on this earth. Um, and and one day we're going to die. And and it ultimately matters uh, who, who affects our soul and, and what we allow to affect that. And so some of the helpful... <laughs> hard things uh i'm not sure maybe i'll just i'll mention it um simpson talks about uh you know when saul gets an evil spirit upon him when pharaoh has uh, his, his heart is hardened and that 
Yeah, he talks about you know sometimes God needs to to allow sicknesses to come. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that He can correct our our understanding of of the way we view Him, and maybe we're and and that's something that uh, that I'm not sure I, how how exactly to preach on without sounding fire and brimstone yeah. and showing I have a caring heart, but the the way these the way these uh, healer theologians are coming from it is that, you know, ultimately it matters where we're going eternally, not where we're physically at. Um, so much as, as, you know, Jesus is the one that changes us. And if he can change us through, through brokenness, uh, and if that's the way that um, yeah. mm-hmm. we can respond, mm-hmm. I know for, you know, for myself, uh, Jeremy, uh, you, you and I were having a conversation earlier about how some kids can learn, uh, they have to just go through it and other ones, they can just hear it and they get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I've been one of those kids that, you know, I had to touch the, the hot stove to understand, yeah. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's the heart that they come at it from. Uh, yeah. but I think, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to relay that message. I have a question for you going back a little bit in what you just said when you talked about, Simpson's view of sanctification and his view of healing and how sometimes he kind of have them like separate like do you think like do both of you think there is some way like what's the relationship between sanctification mm. and healing mm. like if we were go if we were to leave this room right now and someone were to meet <laughs> us in the parking lot and be like hey I listened to both your sermons how can I put the both these two topics into my life on like a daily basis like how does sanctification work with healing how does healing work with sanctification i like how you frame this in the beginning of your sermon uh and we were talking about beforehand too of what was the word you use a mayorism a mayorism but basically saying that uh jesus as our savior is a start Mm. jesus as our coming king is the end but in between we've got this life to live Mm. that is Marked by the kingdom coming in, but it's not quite here yet. And so Jesus is also our sanctifier and our healer. Mm -hmm. There's this wholeness. There's this this holisticness to life in the here and now as well, Mm -hmm. as the kingdom is is breaking forth. And sanctification, this big word of of saying, I'm going to pursue God with everything I've got. And healing... This thing of saying he is actually going to pursue you mm. with everything he's got as well. There's a both here in the middle. There's this wholeness and this fullness of life that God longs to burst forth in us and, and through us and around us. Uh, he longs, and I think sometimes we forget this, he longs for the restoration mm-hmm. just as much, and actually, to be honest, more than we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, put it, put it in, uh, I just put in my, my notes. Most of it was just all scriptural references. And <laughs> the way I like to do the sermon is just have, have a couple brief, uh, one word <laughs> things on the page and then just say, oh, okay, this is where you're leading. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. Really, where you're leading. And, um, cause, cause then I don't have it in my mind. This is what I have to speak on. This is what yeah. I, uh, and so what I wrote for myself was, you know, sanctifier is the beginning, coming king's the end. 
uh, healing is the outer and sanctification is the inner. Um, Jesus heals the outside of us and he heals our innermost being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I... I think I gave credit to to Bernie Vanderwall was was the one that um, <laughs> taught us that in our, our alliance history and thought class and it was yeah I just I I love the way that he articulated it because it is so true that you know Jesus needs to be at the center of everything that we do and, and we've talked about you know this fourfold gospel is. We, we often mix the line between Jesus and the Holy Spirit sometimes as yeah. alliance is, is what I've heard people say. Um, but the <laughs> what does that mean for our fourfold gospel? Well, that means that Jesus needs to be throughout all of time the in control of the innermost of us and the outermost of us. And so usually when, when they talk about healing, that's, you know, physical healing, but... Um, I think that 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 the lines merge with each other because you know we are we have character on the inside and we have a physical body on the outside yeah. in, in that sense and and we can't really separate one without the other whether we play sports it's going to affect our character whether we study a whole lot that's going to affect our, our physical yeah. uh, posture we're maybe going to gain a little bit of weight um, and so I think that we uh, we just need to allow Jesus to to shape our character, which will shape our, our body and, and yeah. vice versa. And so. Nice. Um, I really appreciated a lot that you said on the entire sermon. really appreciated it. <laughs> and I really appreciated, Paul, how you were you're open and pretty vulnerable about some of the stuff that, that you have shared. And um, the reason why we have these conversations during the week is to give you space to like touch on anything that you might want to touch on. And I know I called you earlier just to make sure this was okay. Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about your experience with healing in the past and your experience with healing ongoing on some of the things that came up in your sermon, mainly your, your battle with cancer, your fight with cancer, and the miscarriage that you and Lindsay had, if you're willing to talk about that. Absolutely. Um I don't. I don't want to take up all the time, but so just, Man, just cut go me for off. It. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, in I yeah, Lindsay gave me permission again today. I always make sure to ask her because uh, we talked about this in the prep. That just as a disclaimer, it's it's hard to know how to speak about this as a as a husband um, because my wife knew about our child before, before I did, before she told me. Right. And, and physically affects her, mm-hmm. uh, and, and emotionally, you know, if we want to draw the healing sanctification back into this, mm-hmm. uh, it just, I see, I see, uh, a mother's love for a child, uh, affects her in, in profound ways that as, as, as a husband, we may never, never understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, for, for us, we, we prayed and, and we were not, if I, yeah, maybe so personal, um, we weren't planning on, on, uh, on having this child, but, you know, we, it was a huge blessing when we found out that we are pregnant, um, and, and through, through everything, everything looked normal, and then all of a sudden we just found out that there was no heart. 
And um, I said, wait a few weeks and whatnot. And you can believe it that the words uh, of these different theologians and these healers that, you know, you, you have to have faith and you have to, you have to continue to pray. And, and that was such helpful advice. Um, and though it might be hard to, to hear when all the medical field might be saying it might not happen. Um, and yeah, so I think it was helpful for, for myself to understand that, you know, this is, this is a moment that God's either going to show us a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven in this miracle, but to realize that, that he's given me a wife that believes in Christ and that's huge. He's allowed me to believe in him. That's huge. Um, that's a bigger miracle than, than, than the healing, but, you know, that's, so I, I reached out to some people and just asked, you know, like, how do you, how have you dealt with this? Cause I know you, our doctor said one in three people or one in three pregnancies uh, end up in a miscarriage. And so I know that we're not the only ones that, mm-hmm. that, uh, have dealt with this, mm-hmm. but, um, just the, yeah, the imagery that, that David has of, of welcoming his son or being welcomed by his son almost into heaven in Second uh, Samuel twelve twenty eight, it's just this beautiful, beautiful image of, of you know what the the time might be done here now, but it doesn't mean it's done forever. Mm-hmm. And I would rather spend eternity with with uh, a child that I know is in heaven rather than spend <laughs> yeah spend spend a little time here and and not be in heaven with them because. Mm-hmm. Of, of whatever may have happened. And so um, throughout all of this, I just keep on returning back to, you know, Jesus, you are, you are the healer. You are first and foremost, my savior. Mm-hmm. Um, you're our savior. And so um, it's, it's hard. And I'm not going to say there's any easy way. Yeah. I'm not saying that I've had the hardest life either. Um, I know that there's far more out there that are probably listening to this podcast that are hurting yeah. in ways that I can't even imagine. And mm-hmm. I just, I want them to know that Jesus is the one that heals and Jesus is the one that, that sanctifies us, that is our savior and coming mm-hmm. king. And so, um, within aspects of, yeah, within aspects of cancer, uh, and, you know, first, first of all, um, we, my parents took us on lots of missions trips as, as younger uh, kids, and we saw we got to witness a lot of pretty miraculous healings. Um, we were, and we were told about even more miraculous healings, and got to meet people that you know they they had their legs blown off from a mine uh, that blew up, and and they walked over to us and and they said hello. And it was just hmm. these these baffling, you know, Western medical. Um, science just can't, just can't wreck it. Like has no explanation for, it. and we need to have got all the praise for those. Um, and, and for myself, yeah, I, I think I mentioned, I'm, I'm fine with you asking whatever question, but I, I think I mentioned most of it on, on Sunday morning that, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of the things that our, our medical physicians, they were so caring. They were so helpful. And some of them were not believers. And they said, at this point, we we know that healing works, or that we know that prayer works. Um, there's something about prayer that works. We're not believers, but uh, at this point, that's pretty much all you got. And so, hmm. um, you know, when Simpson talks about the hardship, 
um, and how that might be a growing experience for yourself or for others. It might mm-hmm. be a witness and a testimony. You know, if, if I had to go through chemotherapy, um, I don't know about my parents' experience. Uh, I know it was definitely hard on them for sure, but, but for myself and all the pain, all the spinal taps, bone aspirations, the, all the things that they love to do to a little, oh, don't, sorry, don't love to do, <laughs> but <laughs> all the things that they did while we were, while I was awake, um, that, that hurt far more than any broken bone. Um, if I had to go through all that, just so that somebody else could know that the prayer works, that, that we have a savior that heals, mm-hmm. totally worth it. Okay. Totally worth nice. it. So. And I know, um, yeah, thanks for, Thanks for sharing that. And I know as I was listening to your sermon on Sunday and thinking about, man, what am I going to talk to Paul about on Tuesday? Like, I just wanted to let you know how um, how appreciative I was of you sharing so openly and vulnerably. Mm-hmm. Because, let's be honest, as men, there's a connection that our wives and mm-hmm. so, like will have with our children that we, like you said, will never understand. And we shouldn't pretend that we understand it, but we should support and encourage that in in whatever way we can. So I appreciated that you saying that, like, the pain that Lindsay must have felt knowing before you and even knowing during is not something that you will ever want to compare with but you understand it. And I think that we, we need to remember that. But try to understand it at least, yeah, right? Yeah, try, <laughs> try to understand it. Kind of like it. sanctification yeah, and like, it's exactly. going to be a process that I'm going to yeah. continue to hopefully. Yeah. And that, yeah. And the fact that you were willing to share about your pain also, I think is a, is a big step that a lot of us needed to see because let's be honest, like most men don't like talking about hurt, talking about what we're going through. And, I think you were a great example up there of like, hey, my wife and I experienced this. We're two different people, but we're experiencing something together, and we are here for each other. And man, it was it was powerful. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I echo that too. I mean, we we've been talking a few times. Uh, I and correct me. I I know we talk all the time off air. I can't remember if we've talked about this on air, but. Just the difference of talking about some of these taboo spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, Tristan, a lot of times we like to pretend that, well, we don't have those emotions. Or we don't want to talk about these topics. And effectively what we do is we sweep it under the rug in those times and, and pretend it doesn't happen. And then it it just festers because we've never actually addressed the wound. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's one thing to rub dirt in it and go play, you know, go walk it off. You know, my dad used to say that. But it's another thing to just leave it and ignore it and do nothing. And that's not healthy. That leads to festering and gangrene and rot. Mm, Absolutely. Uh, Why do we think it's any different physically than emotionally or spiritually or mentally? We need to actually be able to address these things. And that can look a, a thousand different ways. It doesn't have to mean the way you address is the way I address it, mm-hmm. but it does need to be addressed or else it's not healthy. Um, you know, we've, we've talked a few spaces too, even just for us as guys, um, realizing we've got emotions. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking with Ruth Ann about realizing that the day I realized that 
When God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Why do I think I can get by in life just addressing one out of four or two out of four or at best three out of four? This is a holistic thing. And we've been talking about sanctification and healing as this is God trying to break in holistically into our lives. He longs for all of us to be healed Mm -hmm. and restored. And that includes our emotions too. So it means we need to be willing to allow him to go there with us. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. For for those that think that guys don't have uh, emotions, um, look at... You know, at Briarcrest, we were constantly reminded of and, and were given a lot of helpful tools of, you know, those who are struggling with pornography. The fact that there's a lot of guys out there that struggle with pornography kind of shows that we have, you know, we have a, a need for for an intimacy, for, for emotional mm-hmm. uh, connection with, with people that is being hardly miscued um, yeah. by. And if we can have a we can have a church that is that is open for those that are. I think our our board chair Brian had, had mentioned this, and I just definitely want to echo it that if we can have a space where we can talk about miscarriages um, in our church. That's that's a pretty beautiful thing because mm-hmm. it's just it's. If we can have a space that you know to extend that the talks about pornography and and how to deal with that that we can talk about that in an open and safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's that's what we're Before supposed to do. Before it's too late, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. We don't mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need to yeah react and, yeah. Um, yeah to to all the situations. And so I mean, part of a huge part of Lindsay's heart and my heart in, in sharing about our miscarriage, and, and you know, just healing is a very personal thing. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't have to be some drastic. Yeah, it doesn't have to be cancer. It doesn't have to be um, a huge. You know, thing that we we still don't have a complete understanding on, um, even just the smallest itty bitty, like a fever that just passes Mm -hmm. after prayer. That's still a very intimate thing that's going to change, change who you are. And if we neglect to talk about Christ's power in those moments, uh, we do a huge disservice as as a church and and as a body of believers. Yeah, and so. I think you're right. I think if we, if we like we said earlier, sweep them under the rug and not deal with them, yeah. we take away this like space for Christ to actually heal. Like Christ can still heal. We can't put him in a box like, oh, this is the only way he's healed. Mm-hmm. He heals. But why not just be open and give the opportunity to be like, hey, crap, I need help with this. Like, yeah. I need you to step in right now. And for those of you who that have experienced healing, like, tell us. Like, those Absolutely. are the stories we want to share, we want to hear about. Like, mm-hmm. even if you think it's little, it probably isn't <laughs> little. It probably is. <laughs> Just still share yeah. it. Like, we are open to hear these stories. You're open to hear how God is working in your life because I know that healing is probably one of those, is one of those core things that the Alliance was established on and i know i think a lot of churches or churches in general are pretty skeptical about it because they don't see it right away but i think healing still happens and i think it's something that we need to talk about and not shy away from because it's in the bible and Mm -hmm. if the bible was relevant then it's probably relevant now (laughs) (laughs) it isn't so i think that we should 
explore those spaces yeah. of where healing is is happening. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's our if you can speak to this, Jeremy, like our, our missionary profs and are interested in all you guys involved in the progress that if for our missionary profs and stuff, they get to see a whole lot of healing. And, and one of the common comments that I hear them say is that there is not a whole lot of healing that happens in North America, usually cause we rely on what, like we just don't, we don't need it in the same way. It's not a necessity to mm-hmm. living for the next day. And, um, and so to an extent, you, you, you feel torn with, with someone like Simpson of just saying that, you know what, they're, they're absolutely, I'm not denying it. There is a faith aspect to healing. Jesus constantly says your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. And, um, I think we need to, we need to wrestle with that, that there needs to be this coming before Jesus honestly and saying, Jesus, I cannot do this on my own power. Um, Mm -hmm. we are not a humanity that understands all your glory and greatness. Um, Mm -hmm. Please be our first form of help rather than our second. Nice. Well, and, and you said something about we don't need it in our Western culture, and that it just struck me on a couple couple of levels. Why? Why don't mm. we need it? Mm-hmm. Is it because we have modern medicine to whatever degree we we like to um, to worship it? Um, and I don't want to diminish physical healing and the work that God does through it. Yeah, not because at all. I'm I well, I'm the first to and, and, and well, we've talked about this off or doctors here. and nurses yeah, in this time I, for sure. Lots yeah. of great people, lots of great friends in, in the health professional field and, and I want to work there myself too. Um, but um, is part of it that we don't need him because we don't need God though. Because that's different than we don't need you, you know, because we've got something else, you know. Right. Um, and, and it just makes me think, am I looking to control God in this mm-hmm. or not? And to what end? Mm-hmm. Um, what is this healing purpose for? And when we talked, I mentioned in, in, in my sermon about if salvation is the point when God sees Jesus in us, mm-hmm. is sanctification the point? when others see Jesus in us mm-hmm. and to what degree do they see Jesus in us, in me? Um, Jesus did a lot of healing. And in fact, he told his disciples that this is going to be a marker of you as my disciple is that you're going to heal people and you're, you're actually going to do greater things in me. You know, the end of the, the book of Mark chapter 16, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really makes me think and question to what degree do others see Jesus in me? Because I haven't gone up to a blind person and said, sight be with you. You know, I haven't walked across water. I don't know anyone who has done either of those things, you know. Um, so what is the marker of Jesus with me? Yeah. And what is my role in this? And... Uh, what is my role in helping the kingdom break forth in radical ways in meeting people with needs where they're at? It's a lot easier for me to to give bread to someone who's hungry because that's tangible and that's something I can control. But to pray with someone for, for physical and emotional and mental healing, that's something I can never control. Uh, or at least a lot less. Yeah. Right? Um, and it, it challenges me to really think, 
where do these things intersect in my life? What mm-hmm. do I actually believe? And the bigger question is, what am I actually willing to do right. about that? Yeah. How am I willing to let that impact and change my life? That's a big, scary question that I don't always have uh, a neat, tidy answer for. Um, and, and it changes from person to person, it seems, too, at yeah. least in Scripture. So Absolutely. how do I live with that uncomfort, with that messiness? Coming back to that. Mm-hmm. Good questions. So, Paul, what? Any uh, any more remarks or? That, no, I I think those are some really fantastic questions to be asking, uh, Jeremy, and um, I feel as if within this, we we want to say a disclaimer that we are not trying to discredit any of, um, of the help that, that nurses or doctors have yeah. been doing during this time, uh, yeah. during, you know, COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need to understand to an extent like the, the historical context of some of our theologians and writers. And um, it's another thing that, you know, was brought up in our Alliance History and Thought class that Simpson was writing in a time when things like heroin were prescribed to people. Um, things that we would now understand that are harmful <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. were, were prescribed. So maybe some of the, I know there's been some people that are saying some of the caution uh, of where these guys are coming from is just saying, we're not seeing a whole lot of help come from, from the medical field because what, what they're doing is sometimes causing more harm than good yeah. to the situation. And uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. for, for yeah. going through being in a lot of hospitals and stuff like there's been some pretty big advancements and stuff. And uh, I mean, yep. I think yeah. a lot of us have, mm-hmm. have friends or family that are in the medical field that mm-hmm. are in no way trying to harm anyone yeah. Or, yeah. or do anything like that. Even just um, thinking globally, right? We're in the middle of a health pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And we desperately need healing. We desperately need a vaccine. Our life is not okay the way it is right now. We are very aware of that. But we're, we're trying to say, as desperately as we need that, we desperately need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the only one who can heal us inside and outside the, and restore us. Yeah, absolutely. The way we, we long yeah. to. Yeah. That's awesome. I know um, we're, we're getting to our, our cap on time right now. I just want to say um, thanks. Thanks for both of you for, uh, for sharing what you shared this afternoon. Um, like I said at the beginning, I've known both of you for a lot longer than most people in our church and I am very like appreciative of the impact you guys have had on my life and Corey's life and the great work I see you guys doing within our church and within the spaces that you're in and I just want to put out there that if anyone is experiencing anything in their life right now if they have questions if they need prayer like if you're listening to this and heard the stories about healing and what we have been talking about feel free to reach out to any of us, reach out to any of the staff here at the church. We are more than willing to listen, to pray, to not really give advice, but if you want that, we can. But we've realized that some people just want someone to hear what's happening. And we're here for that. And that's why we're having these conversations to let you know that that you're not alone, that we're all going through this together and we're all experiencing a lot of new things, a lot of different things, but we do serve a Savior who does heal and is willing to walk mm-hmm. us through whatever it is that we are we're going through. So feel free to reach out. Feel free to send emails about what's happening, send text messages. We want to hear 
how yeah. God has been working through you and how he has either been healing you or what you're working with, with right now. So yeah. In those times when there isn't healing, we also want to be there exactly. as well. Yeah. Caring and mm-hmm. we don't want it just to... We don't want the story just to end it. You know, we need prayer for this. Yeah. And yeah. and if it doesn't happen, we definitely want to follow up and and provide the care that yeah. we can for you because you can probably trust us that a lot of us have had different experiences <laughs> and, yeah. and it's you're not the only one going through that. Yeah. Yeah. You were seen and and we care. Yeah. Absolutely. With that, do you want to close us today, Jeremy? Prayer? Sure. Hey, God. God, we come into your presence. And, and we bring all of our cares, all of our hurts, all of our joys and sorrows. And you're big enough for all of them. And you invite us to come further up and further in. And with care you listen. And you hold us. And you respond. Yeah. And God, we pray for, for us, and as we listen, as we gather, wherever we are, in the middle of a field, in the middle of our living rooms, we bring these things to you. We desperately long for more of you. We desperately long to be made whole. And only you can do that. Only you can make us whole. You make us whole, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. body and soul. Would you make us whole? That is our heart's cry. And so right now, in a time of global pandemic, when it seems all the world is crying out, we add our voices saying, heal us, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Would you heal us inside and out? In your name we pray. Thanks for joining us this week. And Rachel, our awesome host, will be back next week to take you guys on another journey. Um, Yeah, have a great week and thanks for listening.